0: up everyone and welcome back to part two this is episode 74 of down the line part two once again we are joined by christian alvarez i am kyle betts brevin honda is here with me as well and we are back to talk some world cup we're going to preview the u.s men's national team and we're going to also talk some nba some nfl fantasy we're going to end it with trivia as well a lot to get into this week as there's a lot going on. And that starts with the World Cup announcing their 26-man roster. I should say the U.S. Men's National Team announcing that, that will participate in the World Cup. And a couple question marks here. Obviously, you are never going to have your way as a U.S. Men's National Team fan as we are all very familiar with. Wait, Kylie,
1: Christian Pulisic make the roster?
0: Yeah, I, I think... He actually did, which is, okay. <laughs> w- which is a good thing considering, you know, a lot of people were happy about a couple of these players. But again, it comes down to where these guys going to start anyways, you know, but let's get into it any, uh, either way. So Middlesbrough goalie, Zach Steffen, he's there on loan from Manchester City. He's obviously one of the top teams in the whole world. Um, he did not make the roster. And then FC Groningen for Ricardo Pepe. We've seen him over the past year or so, just really rise to the player that he's become a uh, really solid goal scorer. We saw that MLS as well when he was here. Um, he did not make the roster either. So the goalies selected were Matt Turner, who plays for Arsenal, Ethan Horvath, who plays for Luton Town, and then Sean Johnson. This is the most interesting one because he plays for New York City FC. He's 33 years old. Um, Not sure if this is his first call-up, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. So very interesting to see Stefan not make this list, I think, even over Pepe because we all kind of assume that Matt Turner is going to start in goal, but when you see Stefan not even make the team, he could have been a solid backup. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, we've seen Matt Turner take a knock recently as well. He's hurt. He should be ready for the World Cup, but you just never know what's going to happen. So it, it seemed like he could have been your second-choice goalkeeper, if anything. Right, Christian?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of the the thing I was afraid of with this World Cup is because yeah. it's right in between campaigns going on in the seasons for some of these players in their respective yeah. clubs. Um, you were wondering about who was going to potentially be left out of squad selections and, and, and because of that, you know, thing of, are they taking, are they preventing from some players being called up for the sake of having them be healthy for these runs that teams are trying to make at at winning in their respected leagues and divisions, you know? Um, And so I think it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy not seeing, uh, like you said, Kyle, uh, Ricardo, Pepe, uh, not seeing Zach Stefan. I mean, those are, I think two, big players that uh, people are going to glance over and say, you know, what the heck? Why is this not, you know, why are they not calling up these guys? We need the best men's national team possible to be able to, you know, even try to make a good run at the World Cup. Um, oh, yeah. And like you said, Kyle, it's just been uh, a struggle as a, as a U.S. men's national team fan. I mean, you want to see them start to the swing momentum in the right way as we get closer to the North American World Cup that's gonna be hosted here pretty soon. Oh yeah. Um and and you just left kind of blank at what what is gonna be outputted this year. Um yeah. But I mean nonetheless they they still were able to get a lot of good pieces out there. I mean Pew Pulisic uh Pulisek is a big uh thing that they need, you know, Josh Sargent, uh you know, Gio Reyna, Jordan mm-hmm. Morris, uh those are some of the fours I can think of. I mean Western McKinney uh Luca de la Torre, um Tyler Adams, you know, those are all, you know, key pieces as well in the midfield. Uh you know defenders, you know, you got Tim Ree, uh Walker Zimmerman, uh Aaron Long. You have uh they've called up some good guys, but you just yeah. uh question of just what this World Cup is gonna look like. It's uh it's all foreign to us because uh we haven't experienced seeing a World Cup uh in yeah. the winter time, um at least uh I'm I'm trying to remember when the last time they did host it in the winter, it's, but it's been some time. It's been yeah quite some time. Um, so I I don't know how it's gonna pan out. Um, for the U.S. men's national team, their sake, I I don't know. I don't see it going too too well, but uh things can always be a shocking uh, surprise. You, you never know. Um That's kind of the the thing that we love about the world cup is not always the best team wins and not always the you know worst team underperforms and such. It's, it's always uh you always have your surprises.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. And, you know, a lot of question marks again, Jordan Morris, you already mentioned, but Christian Rodon, he made the team and I know some people were wondering, you know, where, where's Pepe, where's uh, Jordan Pifak as well. But I think still, regardless of those guys not making the roster they'll st- they'll still be in a good position to continue to at least try to make a run i think being competitive is really all it comes down to i think it comes down to their first game against wales on monday november 20 20- 21st um being a part of that in group b it's never easy you don't expect a win out of england but i think the decisive game here could be Wales. so hoping for a good start no doubt about that but I think another factor is U.S. will be without Miles Robinson, uh Torres Achilles, and then Chris Richards, both defenders. Um, he's dealing with the hamstring. Those guys are not going to be able to play due to injury. Left off the roster, but it's still they should still be in good hands. You know, Walker Zimmerman's kind of that guy who's leading the back, like you mentioned. They have Serginio Des as well. He's kind of one of those younger guys that we've seen gain some momentum and and get a little better. He got some experience at Barcelona. Um, So I I think those are going to be big factors in all of this. Uh, The defense, are they going to be able to hold up and, you know, make it a little bit easier for Matt Turner? But (laughs) I guess we'll just see
1: what happens. You know, we think about the U.S., they're being in Group B with England, Iran, and Wells. Do we see them being one of the one or two teams coming out of Group B play?
0: I don't know. It's it's a good question. I think it's going to come down between them and Wales ultimately. I, I think it's really that first game. If you can get three points, if you can get a good result, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, if it's a draw, then it makes it a little tougher because you're probably not going to be England, right? They're just they have an incredible <laughs> roster they put together, mm-hmm. and then Iran. I mean, they're a pretty solid team, um, but I, I think they're win- that's a winnable game, no doubt about that. So. If it comes down to that third game, I think goal difference is really where it matters. And they're going to have to find a way um, to put up as much as they can. But really for me, it's that first game. Can they start out strong? Can they get a good result? And if so, I think they'll be in a good result to at least make it as a second team out of group B and enter the round of 16 in a pretty good position at that point. It's never going to be easy, but I think it's very well possible. But for me, Game
2: one is the key. What do you think, Christian? Yeah, I agree. I need to see what this looks like in, in action, you know? Um,
3: yeah.
2: We just have what's on paper so far of what this roster is going to look like. I need to see if with my own eyes of what it's yeah. going to be like in that atmosphere and, and, you know, the weather conditions, you know, all those different factors that come at play when it comes to uh, the World Cup. Uh, my initial gut tells me I don't think they're going to make it out of the group stage, but yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Um, and I hope that they can, you know, at least like you said, have the potential to put themselves in the round of 16, maybe even X surprise and make it to quarterfinals. I don't know. Um, you know, that'd be, that'd be great. The more it's kind of just with the U S men's side of thing for soccer, it's like the more the merrier, you know, the, the farthest they can go, the better. Um, just to, again, kind of like we were talking about earlier with like the MLS and stuff, like we just want them uh to succeed and we want to change the culture of how soccer is viewed out here in the u.s and and i think by doing so i mean having getting that opportunity on the world cup stage is that's that's what you asked for and this is the, the biggest thing you only get this every four years so um yeah you know the time is now to be able to show up and and bring the best of the best that your country can offer and, and lead those kind of performances so i think uh We're going to learn a lot about this team on the 21st of November against Wales. Um, And that will kind of, I think dictate for a lot of people knowing how far, what the, what the ceiling is for this team.
0: Yeah. Next week's show, we're going to have another special guest. We're going to talk some more World Cup. We're going to preview each group. We're going to break it down even further. It's an exciting time of year. It's definitely an odd time of year. Like you said, Christian with, you know, seasons being put on pause and all these domestic leagues not being able to play, um, I think it'll definitely be an experience, and we've already seen injuries kind of ravaged through a lot of different teams that affected players that could have played in this World Cup, so it is unfortunate in that regard, but I'm hoping it's the best World Cup that it can be with with the circumstances and all things considered, so stay tuned for next week's show. We're going to get into a lot more World Cup, but let's transition here, to some NBA. And that is a new head coach that was named. So we've seen a lot of head coaching changes in other leagues as of recently, especially the NFL, but we're going to get into that as well. Um, but Brooklyn Let's have named Jacques Vaughn as their head coach through next season. At the very least, he has been serving as interim head coach since November 1st, which was when Steve Nash was fired. And he's been assistant on the Nets for seven years. So the Nets have been without Kyrie for some time. We don't know when he's going to come back and play for them, but you see them go ahead and make a change. And that's at the head coaching position. We're going to see how he performs.
1: Yeah. It's you think about what he's already done what he's already produced. Kevin Durant already has a triple level. Yeah. And that tells there you, you just that much more production uh, he's getting that, Really, we didn't see from Steve Dash, whether it's yeah within the play within the scheme or whether that's the energy you're seeing Jack Bond being able to uh, produce that for his players.
0: So the Nets right now they are tenth in the East. They're sitting at a five and seven record, but again the Pacers are eighth at five and six. So the East is pretty wide open beyond the Bucks, Cavs, and Celtics. I would say right now. In Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta as well. They have a pretty solid roster. They're 8-4. Um, Christian, where would you say the Nets kind of end up at the end of the season, considering where they're at right now? Mm.
2: I'd say I'd probably consider them right now in like that. I could see them in that 6th or 7th spot. Yeah. Um, I think the East, uh, like you guys mentioned, is pretty wide open, but I do think that as we get later into the end uh part of the season the the definite strong contenders will will come out and I think uh yeah. separate themselves from everybody else. Um and with the Nets, I mean it's just uh I mean the way it's been a, a circus, I think to put it lightly, uh with what's been going on in the past couple seasons. I mean now having this coaching change, I think it helps that they or at least having somebody um with Jack Vaughn in the uh, in it that he has experience. You know, just kind of like how we're going to allude to next with the NFL with, with coaching changes. But, um, you know, I think it, it helps having a guy that understands the, the system and understands, um, you know, kind of just knowing what the atmosphere, the culture is like uh, within the Brooklyn Nets organization right now. Um, you know, you got two great talents in, in KD and Kyrie and, you know, just the pieces that you have around them, uh, hopefully, um, you know, at some point, Kyrie can return and, and we know what he brings to the table when he's on the floor and, and playing at his best. Um, yeah. KD, you know, as a guy that has been a considered top three, top five player for sure in the past, uh, decade, you know, uh, he's been amazing and phenomenal. And I think now he's going to really be able to kind of revert back to what we've known him to be as, as a dominant, you know, guy in this league. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, that's, that's where I see the Nets at. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing showing me that they're going to be able to make a big run or a big push to overtake teams like the Celtics or the Bucks and, and et cetera. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see them making the playoffs beyond that. I, I don't know how, how long their fate would go.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. Let's switch to the NFL here. Kind of talked about this last week, but. Tom Brady, he reached 100K career passing yards. That's in the regular and postseason combined. They were able to come back against the Rams last Sunday. They won 16 to 13. He led yet another game winning drive. And it's just another accolade for Tom Brady. He's the first to reach 100K and he found another way to win another ballgame. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's see. Let me pull that up. Tom Brady became the 40, that was Tom Brady's 43rd fourth quarter comeback, tying Peyton Manning for most all time. Huh. Uh, wow. That was his 55th game-winning drive, which is now the most in NFL history. Uh-huh. So that just yeah. tells you, on top of becoming the first player in NFL history with 100,000 passing yards, including the playoffs, he's able to—he's still able to pull off uh, another comeback with less than a minute to go.
0: Yeah, it was an unbelievable finish to that game. wasn't it a great game. I think we can all agree on that, but <laughs> Kate Auten scoring that touchdown, that that was huge and um, good to see him get in the end zone for his first career touchdown. And I think Tom Brady throwing him the ball, no better way to have it for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So that was a big win for them. We saw last night the Panthers and the Falcons played. So the NFC South is still pretty much wide open right now, but I think the Bucks still have that advantage. Uh, they're I think a half game above the Falcons right now. So, they're trying to string together some wins or the Bucs. Um, let's talk some AFC South, on the other hand. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, they fired their head coach, Frank Reich, on Monday. And to the surprise of many, they hired ESPN analyst Jeff Saturday. So he's their interim head coach for at least the rest of the season, it seems. Um, Saturday is the first NFL head coach with no college or pro coaching experience since Norm Van Brocklin. He was the 1960 MVP of the NFL with the Eagles. He became the coach of the Vikings the next season. So, a former player with a lot of experience. He has a some Super Bowls to his name as well. Um, you see him kind of take over this position, and it was interesting because he was a high school coach back in 2020. But that team finished three and seven. Now, this is this is a guy with a lot of pro experience, but no coaching experience. Um, He said he's a good leader of men, and he admitted he might be terrible at this, but he's going to give it his all. Um, I I, I like those quotes that came from his introductory press conference. Um, They announced a new play caller as well, so he's not going to be doing the play calling duties, but, Christian, I'll start with you. How unique is this, and how do you think he's going to do? It's pretty unpredictable, but
2: how do you think he'll perform? Yeah, this is a, uh, like you guys said, not something that you see all the time and definitely, I think, uh, a shot in the dark kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, like you said, Kyle, I mean, the only thing that you can see on, on Jeff Saturday's uh, resume, you know, besides uh, his uh, playing experience, is that, uh, you know, he was the coach of a high school team, you know, uh, Herb on <laughs> the Christian Academy from, for three years. <laughs> um which is in georgia um and i think it's uh it, it's very this nfl season has been very i think uh, unpredictable and a lot of things yeah. haven't gone the way that, that i sure. thought it yeah. was um and i think this is just uh, the latest chapter in all that yeah Um i think nobody expected the colts to be a a big-time contender this season to begin with um so I think that, uh, at this point in the season for them to make this kind of move, uh, I don't think it could hurt them any worse. I think it's, uh, just the yeah. kind of thing that they're experimenting, seeing what, what could happen. I mean, you, you never know. I think, uh, this could turn out to be great. I mean, you never know. It could yeah. be terrible. The worst thing that we ever see happen in uh, this league. It's, it's only a matter of time before we, we do see the outcome. Um, I think, uh, it's just crazy to me of just how, how quickly the turn of events happens with this hiring. Um, you know, with the fact that, uh, you know, he, you know, Jeff Saturday was just essentially, uh, convinced into being able to, to, to be the coach of this team. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I think, um, they probably won't do well. Um, but, you know, it'd be, it's it's just an interesting experience. I, I, I frankly, I'm almost kind of like at a loss of words of like what I can expect yeah. to see in this. I, I don't know. I mean, there's been some, some weird things happen in this league and, um, you know, having a former player, somebody who has been wow. with this organization for a significant amount of time, I think is the one thing that, you know, could favor Jeff Saturday that he, he knows, you know, just what it was like to be in this locker room, how to connect with, with players. Um, so how, you know, it can translate to all the other things that you need out of a head coach. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. I
0: think one thing we didn't expect was how poor their O-line has performed this season. Quentin Olsen, Ryan Kelly, they're getting beat way more often than we've seen ever before. And... I honestly think that's a part of this, Jeff Saturday, you know, the career that he put together playing center, it was fantastic. And so maybe coaching up the O-line a little bit is going to open up the run game a little more. We've seen Jonathan Taylor really struggle and he's dealt with injuries as well, but just not put up the numbers that he did last season. And I think that's probably a part of this is them bringing Jeff Saturday in to coach up the O-line and trying to see if they can get Jonathan Taylor going again because he's such a big part of that offense, as we saw last season. Um, Carson Wentz didn't have to do too much. And even though Sam Ellinger is a quarterback, he's not Carson Wentz, but um, still, I mean, you just expect them to open up that run game a little more just to try and see if they can work some play action, get some guys some open looks like Michael Pittman. Um, like you said, Christian, it's unpredictable what we're going to see. But I think that's a big part of this, uh, Brevin. I'll, I'll ask you now: How do you think he fits in within the organization? We all know that Jim Ursay loves his former players, but mm-hmm. how, how do you,
1: how do you think he he kind of fits in in the role? No, I think he really does love Jeff Saturday, but yeah, <laughs> I think you know I think you hit it on the on the nose. You know, you, you think about you know the position that he played in the NFL. Um, you know, being a center in the NFL, you have to go through a lot. And that means keeping track of your entire lineman. Yeah. And that's what Jeff going is going to try and preach to his team. I think the best part about that press conference that he had was he's not worried about the results at the end. He's just worried about taking it one day at a time, that type of approach. Yeah. And he's just taking it little by little. And I was surprised. I was surprised that the Colts are doing this now on a where they're going on the road to take on the Raiders, rather than having to be on a week where they're at home. And so that's just one more thing he's got to adjust to, and you know, traveling and the whole things that go with it, and things like that. So it'd be it'd be unpredictable um, to see how it goes. I still haven't written my Raiders uh game preview yet, but yeah. (laughs) Because of all the uncertainty (laughs) with Sunday's game on both sides of the field. Yeah, no doubt about that. (laughs) Man, it's crazy. All right, let's
3: (laughs) let's switch to another
0: thing that's crazy and that's Josh Allen getting hurt. Um this is pretty interesting because he has concerns related to his UCL in his elbow, his ulnar collateral ligament And that happened, I think, during the fourth quarter of last week's game. So he is dealing with that. His status is currently up in the air to play against the Vikings right now. And we don't know if he's day-to-day. We don't know if he's week-to-week. So far, Josh Allen has not practiced this week. Reports have not come out yet uh, revealing if he did or did not practice today. So that is still to be determined. But if he's not able to go, we're going to see everyone's favorite quarterback, Case Keenum, go out there and start for the Bills. So um, how, how do you think the Bills are going to perform without Josh Allen? Christian, he's such a big part of what they do. He's, I think, the MVP favorite still to this point. Um, but do you think they're at all the same team?
2: I, I mean, I don't. I don't think on yeah. the offense they will be without Josh Allen. Like you said, Kyle, he's he seems to be the mvp favorite. Um this is kind of the big prediction that everybody thinks that this is the year for the Buffalo Bills to finally put it together and and make a run for the super bowl. Um and it's kind of an unfortunate thing that you see your star studded quarterback get hurt in a game when you need him um mm-hmm. against the Vikings, you know, who I think have been a team that um not a lot of people um predicted to have this kind of record at this point in the season. Um So it's a big, it's a big game and, um, but I know it's not all just on the quarterback. You know, you need so many other factors that play with football to, to come into, to winning games at the end of the day. Um, but certainly, I mean, when you don't have a talent like Josh Allen who can, you know, do special things when he has the football in his hands, um, and be able to extend plays with his feet and, you know, the accuracy that he has when he's on the mobility on the run or the vision that he has yeah uh, for finding his guys i mean it's it's going to be tough um you know we've seen this year that the despite injuries you know teams still figure out uh, a way to win even without their just star studded cast um but i i think for the sake of this week i i don't know if i see the bills coming out of it with a victory um i mean it helps that they're at home for sure but um yeah it's it's definitely tough and 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 hard to see. I mean, I hope that uh, that Josh Allen can recover soon and, and get back to this team as, as soon as possible for them to to make the run they want to.
0: Yeah, Brevin, how does this kind of impact him, especially knowing we don't know when he's going to play. I mean, it seems pretty unlikely that he'll play this
1: week because he hasn't practiced at all. But, I mean, what is your feeling towards that? Yeah, we see this type of injury more in pitchers in baseball. Yeah because of how much curveballs, but when you throw footballs, it's not the same as throwing curveballs. And so, uh, it's it'll be interesting how long Josh Allen's out for because of this rare injury to quarterbacks. Yeah. And so, I think that's the only variable that we don't know. And when you think about Case Keenum coming in, facing his former team, <laughs> um, it would be interesting to see. I know he won't be able to go undercover like how he has in some videos on the Buffalo Bills YouTube site, but (laughs) um, whether it's during training camp or in the team store, but, um, you know, it's going to be more reliant on Devin Singletary and in that run game and on top of, you know, being able to get, you know, your 10 passes out to Stephon Diggs or however many it's going to be. Yep. Yeah, no doubt
0: about that. So we're going to follow that situation as time goes on here on down the line. And let's start with our weekend predictions with that game. That's going to be at 10 a.m. Vikings at the Bills. These are two winning teams going at it. This is supposed to be one of the better games, maybe of the season. Of course, that's all impacted by Josh Allen's status. Um, Even if he does play, I'm not sure if he's going to be 100%. We saw them last week get shocked by the bills. So I don't know. I I think regardless of his status, I I think it's still going to be a close game. Um, If he does play, I think the bills win. If he doesn't, I think the Vikings win. I think that's what it's going to come down to, but I do think either way, this is going to be close because Buffalo is not an easy environment to come into. Their defense has, Really perform well. Their pass rush has done incredibly well. We saw Javon Miller get to the backfield a bunch of times last week. So, yeah, I think it de- it's pretty dependent on Josh Allen's status. What do you think, Christian?
2: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I I see Minnesota coming out of this one with the victory. Yeah. Um. I just think that uh, I feel like the Bills are gonna look at this that even if it's not as big of a deal that Josh Allen, um. Josh Allen's injury may not be like super significant. Um I think for the sake of salvaging him for the long term, they might right. just not play him this week. Yeah. Agreed. Um and uh and yeah, it's it's just going to be tough and and like you said, Kyle, Buffalo is not an easy place to play and win and come out of with a win, but I mean, the Vikings have just looked really good. I mean, they mm-hmm. um you know, have put together You know, seeing their, their stars like shine out and do the things that, um, they've been capable of, of creating and doing. I, if I had a score prediction for this one, I would say I, I leave it at like 34-21 Minnesota. Yeah. I think, um, it could be competitive for a few quarters. And then I think after a while Minnesota could break away and Uh kind of run away with this one. Um,
1: that's, that's how I feel about this matchup. Brev, who you got? Yeah. I think. I'm gonna say, in the case Josh Allen doesn't play, I think it's gonna not just come down to the other pieces on the offense, but I think it's gonna be more heat on that defense. And we know how good that Bills defense has been. You know, they only give up like 18 points a game. So when you think about it, if yeah. if Josh Allen doesn't play, if Case Keenum can somehow, some way, somehow put up 20, 25 points up on the board. And the defense hole, it's still a winnable formula. Yeah. And so, in that sense, you, you can still go with the Bills at home. They're 3-0. You know, Chris Keenum, if he does start, he's going to have the mentality. He's going to have that energy from Bills Mafia. So, I'm still going to take the Bills with or without Josh Allen. I like that pick. All right.
3: Nice.
1: How good do you got for Bills and Vikings? Uh,
0: I'll take... Uh... I don't know. It's tough. I, I think I'll take the Vikings in this game. It, it's a tough call. I mean, it's mm-hmm. never easy to go eight and one either. But um, Kirk Cousins at ten a.m. I don't know what it is. He <laughs> al- he always seems to do well.
1: So it's a lot better than prime time. Yeah, that's for sure. So
0: I think <laughs> if he's able to distribute the ball pretty evenly, I mean, TJ Hawkinson we saw last week. I think he had like seventy something yards, a bunch of catches. Like he's already a big factor of that offense. So um if he distributes the ball pretty evenly i think they're going to be in a good position to move the ball and that's really all it's going to come down to is if they can overpower that bill's defense which we know is so good but yeah i, I don't have much faith in case Keenum, to be honest with you i know that it's also going to come down to if he turns it over or not but um that's really it for me i, I think i'll rock with the vikings uh They got to establish the run, too, man. It's a lot of different factors that lead up into this, and we all know how much they want to throw the ball. But um, if Dalvin Cook is fed a little bit more often than he has in weeks past, that could also be very important. I know you're hoping for that, too.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But then they got the Bills defense. So, yeah, there you go. It's got to be manageable. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. The the key thing to watch in this game, too, is going to be weather. Um, It's not Kirk Cousins shirtless type of weather season. Yeah. Um, It's not. 40 degrees is going to be the high on Sunday. So that'd be it. And it's supposed to rain too. So maybe some snow. So that'd be the other thing to watch. So uh, there might be some daring Bills fans for this, but Kirk Cousins won't be on Sunday.
3: Yeah. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, 6.30 a.m. game. This is another international game. First ever game in Germany. It's going to be in Munich at the Allianz Arena. We know that Bayern plays there. Um, first ever Germany game sold out, I believe, in just a few minutes. So that's also very interesting. You see a lot of uh, Germans want to go see this uh, football game. We <laughs> all know American football is getting a lot more popular over there as well. But it is the six and three Seahawks against the four and five Bucks. Um, that's still
1: two first place teams.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I don't think anyone <laughs> expected. These records, I mean, maybe for these records to be flipped at the beginning of the year, but yeah, it sure is interesting. But um, Seahawks at Bucks in Germany. uh, Both teams coming off a win, I believe. I think the Seahawks won last week. So, this should be one to follow, even though it's early in the morning for us. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a tough call. I feel like these teams are very evenly matched to this point. We've seen Geno Smith and the run game, I mean, everything is working for that Seahawks offense. The Seahawks rookies on defense are really playing well as well. Um, I think I'm going to go with Tampa Bay in this game. I don't know what it is, but I just think that defense has got to play better. And it all comes down to stopping the run because that's sort of that security blanket for Geno Smith. And I think if you're the Buccaneers, if you're going to – make the Seahawks win the game. It's going to come down to the ball in Geno Smith's hands and he's got to make a play and make it happen. So I'm going to go with the Bucks in this game. I do think it's going to be close regardless. I don't know who's favored. I would assume the Bucks, maybe by a point or two. And I think that's what it's going to end up being. Uh, Bucs are I'm, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. So yeah, it is pretty close. So Brad, we'll go to you next. Who do you got?
1: I get the Buccaneers as long as their pass catchers can catch the ball, their yeah, number one job. Sure. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, you know, if Mike Evans can catch the ball, Chris Godwin, we know Russell Gage is not going to play. So it's going to come down to those two if they can catch the ball and uh, on top of Kate Otten. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure.
0: And speaking of Kate Otten, I'm going to two tight end league. Uh, not sure the volume <laughs> that he's gonna get because Cameron Bray, I think, is supposed to play. So we'll see if Kay remains tight end one. He's been one of my favorite tight ends this year just because I've had a plug and play him. But, um, Christian, we'll go to you next. Uh, Seahawks or Bucks?
2: Yeah, this is uh, the latest chapter in seeing how interesting it's been that the NFL is trying to, to appeal to an international fan base. Yeah. Um, I think nonetheless, it's it's cool, you know, for a mix up that. You've seen this game played at an iconic uh, arena like Allianz Arena where Bayern Munich play uh so mm-hmm. famously all the time. Um in terms of this matchup, I mean, I don't think anybody expected Seattle to turn out to have this kind of record and to be yeah. on top of the uh NFC West at this point. Um uh-huh. but they've they've been able to hey put together the the right pieces and get the wins that they needed to. Um, especially, you know, even against uh division rivals. So um I like the Seahawks in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, things haven't, it's been a pretty bumpy road for, for Tom Brady and the Bucks this year. I think they've had a lot of things, uh, not go their way that, uh, people didn't think were going to be happening in the NFC South. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, just uh, in terms of what Geno Smith and, um, you know, DK Metcalf and, uh you know all those the rest of the crew that you got going on in Seattle they've just been able to to win gritty ball games that um not a lot of people would pick them to win and not a lot of people thought that they would uh just be where they stand today so um i just i like them i think i've seen more consistency out of seattle as a whole yeah. than i've seen from the good flashes of of tampa bay
0: uh-huh yeah no doubt about that. All right, let's talk the last game here that we're gonna get into for week 10. That is the Sunday night game that was flexed up into this position. Chargers, who are five and three at the Niners, who are four and four. It's gonna be in Santa Clara. This is another tough call, but I think I'm gonna go with the Niners at home in this game. I really like the roster. I think they're going to find a way to work Debo Samuel a little bit more into this offense. Please. You know, even with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, right? Um, I think you have to. you got to get the ball to your weapons, and I think that's really where it starts for this team. We all know how creative Kyle Shanahan is, but you got to find a way to give your playmakers the ball. So I think that's what it's going to come down into. Um, The Chargers have been a little flashy at times this this year. They pulled out a win against Atlanta last week, which – I mean, that ending was so wild. <laughs> I don't understand how you, how you fumble the ball after you recover a fumble. <laughs> like, how does that just – how the foot just go down, man?
3: Like, for two hands on
0: the ball. You're a big man.
3: You got to hold on to it.
0: But, uh, yeah, I think Justin Herbert at the same time, he's, he's looked better. He's uh, recovered from an injury. So, I think this one will be close, too. I think all these games have potential to be very close and back and forth. But I'll go with San Francisco. Christian,
2: who do you got in this game? Well, I guarantee that the one thing that will come out of this game is probably me just having massive anxiety and probably like a heart attack. <laughs> like I'll just be <laughs> edging my seat like yeah. a, how, how they always will put me in that kind of situation. Yeah, as, that's for sure. As a Chargers fan. But, um, I think for this one, I'd have to pick the, the 49ers as well. If I'm looking at this objectively, um, I think mean the Chargers, even though they, had a, a really juicy offseason of getting these really key guys that I think, um, could put them in the right direction. They've been very injury prone this year. Um, and they're just missing some of the guys that they need out there for, I think, Justin Herbert to be able to perform as well as he can, uh-huh. um, in this league. And I mean, not having, uh, Mike Williams, um, you know, only this season having basically two quarters of Keenan Allen this year is, it's just been, tough i'm i always wonder if um you know did he aggravate his hamstring even more yeah was his injury more significant than they told us that it was just a hamstring injury i don't know it seems um it seems kind of excessive to me that it's been nine weeks now and he's still having it um so that's what makes me concerned i mean um joshua palmer has not um he looked like he's been developing better but he still you know kind of fell short i think at least of um where they need him to be, you know, as that mm-hmm. primary guy, uh, for receiving, um, no Jalen Guyton, you know, another big blow. Uh-huh. Um, Carter has shown some, some flashes here and there, but, um, you know, Eckler hasn't looked necessarily the same. You know, he's been at, you know, like last week against Atlanta, you know, he had that really ugly fumble that they were very fortunate to recover, but right. <laughs> you know, could have easily flipped the other way. Um, you know, and he hasn't looked like, the guy that he was last season he's he's been looking better um as of late but um you know the old line is has been banged up not having Rashawn Slater uh, they lost Trey Pipkins due to the injury last week um you know they've been having lazy uh you know penalty calls on them they've been undisciplined yeah. um i mean even gosh they're onto their their third kicker now, you know, who hit the game winner last week. Yeah, right. Um, they've just been, they've had some, some tight ball games that they've managed to win, but I think you can only get away with that for so long. Um, and yeah. the one thing that they, that Brandon Stanley really wanted to do this offseason was, uh, have a better run defense. And I don't think they've had an answer for that yet. Right. Um, and I'm surprised that teams, uh, that they've played against really haven't exposed them more for that. Um, it's kind of what I was shocked about. Watching the Atlanta game last week, like they really couldn't stop Cordell Patterson that much. And, um, it was weird in the second half that they just kind of went to more pass, passing offense. Um, right. And they didn't go with what was working for them in the first half. Um, and I mean, with San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey has, has looked good so far. Um, I think, like you said, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan will have, um, a good scheme played up for this game. I, it, you know, it could go either way at the end of the day, but nonetheless, if I had to pick, he, um, I would say the, the Niners come
1: out of this at home. Trevor, who you got? I think I'm going to go with the Niners. And Kyle, like you mentioned, it depends on the volume to the X factor within that offense in D.O. Samuel. I think yeah. that's what it's going to come down to on top of, you know, and when you look at the Charger side, it's, is he going to be able to get the ball to more than just Austin Eckler? Mm. I think that'd be the key thing in this kind of a matchup that we haven't seen in a while between two really good running backs in CMC and Austin Eckler. Yeah. But I am going to take the Niners as well.
0: Yeah, this will be a good one for sure. And I mean, no, notice, guys, why it was flexing the Sunday night
1: because mm-hmm. this
0: is for sure going to be a really solid game regardless. All right, let's get into fantasy. Uh, there were a lot of buys last week. Uh, Christian, have you been playing fantasy at all this season?
2: No, you know, I'm re- as of right now, I'm retired from fantasy. He's I, a retired, uh, man. I, I was almost thinking of coming back with, with you guys to play in it again, but I, uh, I just felt like fantasy, you know, to some degree took away the fun from me being able to watch games. I felt yeah. like, like fantasy is cool, like it's nice when you get victories and it's a different way of just keeping up with games, but. I also think kind of like the the double edged sword to it was that I was stressing myself out over wanting certain players to perform yeah, exactly. really well <laughs> and it was like I just felt like it took away that part of me of just sitting down watching the game and watching it for what it was like, Right
0: exactly I, I don't <laughs> know, I feel that I feel that
2: for sure I can see that, yeah <laughs>
1: Um, Maybe well, I'll come back at some point. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thinking about it a little bit. Okay, so there's it, better chance that Aaron coming back. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> Tino, if, if
0: you're listening, we, we want you back, man. <laughs> but yeah, last week a lot of buys. as you know, Christian, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and the New York Giants. So we were all pretty affected. I think. My whole bench was on a bye except for Daryl Henderson. I don't even think I ended up starting him. Maybe I did. I don't even remember. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a pretty heavy week in terms of players who weren't able to go. I think in any league, that's fair to say and safe to say. And I don't know what's going on, Brevin, because if, I don't know if you remember, uh, Jason Thorne was on auto draft. Yeah. And he is now 9-0 and after defeating you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm oh not happy. Oh, my gosh.
0: I don't understand how that works, but... That's crazy. He's a 9-0 and auto-draft team, and Brevin, who was... Off with
1: there, a off zero front. RB approach, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Brevin wow. is now 5-4. and four. Suddenly, Brevin is, is falling down the totem pole yeah. a little
1: bit here. Going off Uh-oh. from 4-0 and o to 5-4. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it,
0: it's... You live and die in fantasy, that's for sure, Yeah, but You <laughs> lost by exactly 20 points, which is pretty yeah. interesting, but... That's what happens when. Uh, I
1: mean, you can't even explain it. This is fancy. You you got Joe Mixon who drops fifty plus, and you still end up losing. Yeah, that's the thing I don't understand. Well, here's the thing that that's understandable. <laughs> Kyle Pitts is consistently good at getting two catches a game. Yeah, I, I don't get that, man. Uh yeah, that that's is sure. the thing that stands out,
0: and that happened last night as well.
1: Yes, it did. Two catches for twenty-eight yards.
0: Yeah, I, I don't consistent. Get it. No,
2: they, yeah, they don't yeah, find can, more ways to get him the ball. I can just revert to the stress that I was having when I was playing fantasy. It's just like that's the part. That's uh-huh. the part I don't miss. That's yeah. the
0: yeah. That that is for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Brevin ultimately fell to Jason Freund and I ended up being Devin Watley by a pretty solid score it was a pretty good week for me all things considered Um, I had a couple big weeks from some guys uh, that includes Mahomes he dropped 34 Eckler dropped 24 and Christian Kirk got the end zone he dropped 21 points for me so It was pretty much smooth sailing for me. I think when you consider the season as a whole, I was off to a really awful start. And now I am five and four, along with you, Brevin. And I am currently the three seed. So at least that's a good sign, right? Like we're we're in a good position here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Seven, eight, nine, and 10 teams will miss the playoffs. So. Right now, Brevin, I am three and you were four, so you know what—we're still in pretty good
1: spots, right? Just didn't cool. help when you were the two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's the thing that that's lost true. three in a row, lost four or five. That's and to Christian, yeah. I I got it. I acquired AJ Brown too last week.
0: Oh my
3: gosh! Yeah, yeah that was Damn. a big trade. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. and uh, So yeah, I defeated Devon by pretty much 40 points. Pretty easy for me, and it's me against Brevin this week. How about that? We got a Lions oh, yeah. showdown.
3: Uh-huh. Who would have <laughs> Let's see.
0: So th- this was going to be a tough week for me, obviously. Uh, projections don't mean anything, but Brevin, you're projected by
1: one. That just pretty much means it should be pretty close, right? You could thank Kyle Pitts for hitting his consistent value. Yeah, that's for sure. I... Uh,
0: had to decide on flex this week. Now, Amari Cooper's playing on the road. That usually means he's not going to play well. But I'm going to start him either way. I, I, I think I'm going to start him either way. So, Brandon, what you see in my lineup is pretty much what you're going to get for me. Okay. Marlon well,
3: Eckler,
0: this is CD mm-hmm. uh, Lamb, Christian Kirk, Mark Andrews on a buy, and he's Kirk, So I picked up Greg Dulcich, mm-hmm. who probably should get the second most volume out of any blockless player. He is. Very highly rated on the team, and he works very hard, according to the guys. And, yeah, I like what I've seen out of him. So he's a good tight end, too, to have, and I put him in the starting lineup. And,
1: like I said, Cooper Cooper's going to be the flex. Mm-hmm. One thing that's different from our week one matchup, Kyle, as a result of Greg Dolchitz being in your tight end spot, no Mark Andrews this week.
0: Yeah, that's it's a big factor there. Um, mm-hmm. Even last week, I I had to start Isaiah Likely, I think. And mm-hmm. he, he scored a touchdown. So I was happy about that. Didn't do much else, but, uh, had to be happy when he added to the point total. But yeah, Christian, here is Brandon's team. It's absolutely stacked. He's got Jalen Hurts, Dalvin Cook, Damian Pierce, Mike Evans, AG Brown, Kyle Pitts. Oh
3: my he, gosh.
0: Yeah, he has yeah. Josh. And this is in a 10 team league too. So he's got, uh, Josh. And yet Palmer. I'm five
1: and four and lost three in a row. Wow. It's crazy.
0: Josh Palmer in the flex. So he's going to get his. Oh, and with Joe
1: Mixon on bye.
0: Joe Mixon on bye. Yeah, that's even crazier. Yeah. And
1: then so uh, no Mark Andrews on one side, no Joe Mixon on the other.
0: And he's got uh Mike Williams in the IR spot. So he's <laughs> yeah. stacked.
1: What a what a cruel mistress the uh,
2: fantasy can be. But yes, at right? the end of the day, hey, as long as you can, as long as you can hold on to that playoff spot and get into the playoffs after that. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, matters. matters so.
3: Uh huh. <laughs>
2: Hang on, hang on, boys. You guys got this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. So
0: it's a big game for us. The winner goes to six and four, the loser goes to five and five. But Um, at the same time, I do like how our league is set up because in most leagues, it's top four gets in and there's Mm -hmm. uh, two week showdowns pretty much. But uh, I like the position that we're in because the uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth teams are at three and six. So, Brandon, either way, like we still have an advantage here, and I think yeah. a part of that too is Jason being nine and out he's just wiped out all the teams, and that's why seven, eight, nine and ten are also close.
1: is someone going to be able to take down Jason Freud? I
0: don't know who does he have this week? let me see he has uh Jason
1: has DG this week <laughs> <laughs> it's, it,
0: it's team uh what's in the news? Daniel yeah. Guerrero? Tyreek
1: Hill, Jonathan Taylor.
0: Yeah, he has Uh a solid team as well, Um, Trevor Lawrence being his quarterback. And, I mean, he has some guys in here. You expected them to do a little bit more, like David Montgomery, Cortland Sutton at the beginning of the year when you drafted them.
1: Aaron Jones.
0: Yeah, you you expected a little more from those guys. Um, So hopefully he's able to get it at some point. But, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Jason's team, I mean, even last week. I think what happened to you, Brevin, is you had Mixon, but then he has Justin Fields who yeah, randomly goes off for 40-something.
1: Yeah, puts up 178 rushing yards. Thing, yes. That's a thing
0: you'll never see again. And
1: Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel told him to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't listen to me. Yeah, he didn't yeah. listen. That's funny. He didn't listen uh, to the opposing fantasy managers either.
0: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Christian, we're pretty much in the middle of the pack right now. Uh, okay, I'm in third. Bremens in fourth. Um, who's in first? Is that Brandon Freed?
1: Yeah, B Freed's in second. B Freed
0: yeah. is in second, and mm-hmm. uh, currently in last is Devin Watley. His name is Ridley's Parlay. So uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty funny there. But he is currently in last at two and seven and either way brevin i mean you and i we have a 90 percent chance
1: to make the playoffs so we're looking
2: good yeah, do you guys oh, yeah have that was like a uh like any are you guys wagering anything like extra on the side like are you guys doing any like no loser has to do any push-ups or...
3: <laughs> <laughs> we already put in
1: what we already put in 25 dollars
2: yeah, so like 25. For, the oh, okay. for the league so we, is, that, is sh- that what the the grand prize is for the whole thing it's just a big uh a big i uh, so big i think so
1: yeah okay yeah, i think nice.
0: so um I would say a loser would have to do a Waffle House challenge or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Or or, or not. We're not that competitive. O- only a yeah. little bit. Only, only uh-huh. just marginally.
1: So yeah,
0: yeah. That's fancy this week. Uh, I think we are dealing with a few more bye weeks. Brevin, are you yes. familiar
1: with? That? Um, yeah. Let's see. I wrote it down. Ah, uh, let's see. I know week eleven the Bucks are on the buy. Okay. Uh I think the Seahawks have their bye as well in week eleven, so but there should... are no buys in week twelve.
0: So yeah, this week the buys are the Jets, the Patriots, the Bengals and the Ravens. So there's a few teams. Yep. But fortunately I only have Mark Andrews on that list. So yep. um still in a pretty good spot here. Um still a lot to consider in terms of injuries like Jonathan Taylor. He did practice again yep. on Friday, so he's probably mm-hmm. gonna pray. Uh, Aaron Jones is probably going to play. Kyler Murray is going to be a game time decision. So if you have him, then that's pretty notable. Um, Matthew Stafford has a concussion, questionable for the week. So
1: Baker Mayfield in the concussion protocol. Yeah. <laughs> After what he After did at the end of yesterday's game,
0: headbutting all his teammates without a helmet. All his linemen. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the definition of crazy. <laughs> but you got to be a little crazy to be a football player, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So.
3: Yeah, yeah For the first time this, week. second
1: time this year. Yeah, second time. I think the third time this year. I'm not starting a running back in my flex position, or not go. starting three running backs. So, going with Josh Palmer here. Yeah, pretty. And I'm spot hoping to have Keenan Allen does not play. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, Bravin, we are
1: all right. Let's last part. get to trivia here. And as you mentioned in part one, it is award season. So, I want to let's see how well I know Kyle's going to get four of these, but I want to see how well you can name combined previous uh, baseball MVPs over the last 10 years. So, from 2012 to 2021. Okay. I I want to
0: be so bad at this, but all right. I'm terrible. I'm awful.
1: The NL side of things,
0: I'm I'm gonna be. You, you can go
1: either side. Okay, so it's four. Uh-huh. No, well, Kyle, there's there's no, four spots him, but... that I know you. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. All
0: right. Uh, you want me to start it off here?
1: Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. All right. Big Mike. Yeah. There Mike you go. Trump. He's got he's got three. Twenty nineteen, twenty sixteen, and twenty fourteen. All
0: right, Chris. All right, you want to go? You want to go next?
1: He, I'm so bad at this. You guys got I'm
0: me. Be <laughs> awful too. My baseball don't, knowledge does not go uh-huh. that
2: deep, but uh, don't
0: don't worry about it. Me too.
2: Um, I mean, did not like we were just talking about them, but did Altuve not win one when they when the Astros went into in yes he did.
1: Mm-hmm. Go. Good memory there, Christian. That's, that's that's 2017. Yep. Um, All right, Kyle, back to you now. Shohei. Yep. There you go. There's Shohei a, Otani last year. 2021.
2: All right, Christian.
3: Um, we got.
2: S- gosh, I wanna. Hmm. I don't. I'm to, man, this is I'm tough. To think this of, is tough. I'm trying to think of NL last year too. Hmm. Did Mookie Betts not win
1: one at some point? Yes. Yes, he did. There hey, you go, uh, I don't know. I don't 2000... know the year, but I thought he. I thought he won one. 2018. That was the same year the Red okay. Sox uh okay. won a World Series. There you okay. go. Mm-hmm. One. Uh, one. Didn't Freeman win it in yep. 20? Mm-hmm. Yep,
3: 2020.
1: There you go. Mm, the first from the NL side is off the board. Yeah, there you go. Freddie <sighs> Freeman. Yeah, he was insane that year. Mm-hmm. You said dating back to what year? 2012. 2012, okay. Um...
2: What about um, Miguel Cabrera?
1: There you go, 2012 and 2013. Some, right? Yep. Okay. Talked about him earlier, as Kyle mentioned. I think after that, I'm I'm gassed. I don't know. Uh, who. <laughs> I don't know who else. I'm All right, back to, to you,
0: Kyle. I'm trying to remember last year.
1: Oh my gosh! I give it him. The guy that won last year is a two-time. Is now a two-time MVP. Oh
3: man. I
0: like Loki wanted to say Acuna, but I know it's not Acuna. No, nope. was he, he wasn't hurt. He, went he hurt last year. Yes, um, he was. I don't know why I wanted to say him. Uh, Arenado? Nope. Has Has he not won one?
1: He has not won an MVP. Okay, I thought I thought he won like one, but I wasn't sure. It's just a, it's just all the Gold Glove and probably. Hmm. Again, me. Confirm that right now. Yeah, right? as you're thinking. Let's see, Nolan Arenado has not won an MVP. Is a five-time hey. Platinum Glove though. If not, I have another name for you. Okay, what you got? Didn't
0: Didn't John Carlos
1: Stanton
0: win one? Yes, uh, he did.
1: There Mike you won. go. Uh, nice. Nice. 2017. 17.
0: Okay.
1: That was the year that he had like 59 home runs or yeah, something like there we that. There you go. Hmm. He was great.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, Christian, back to you.
2: Okay, this one I think uh, I think a light bulb went off with, with All this. Right. Um, what about when the uh, the Cubbies won? Didn't um. Yeah. Didn't, didn't uh, right track. What's his name? Uh,
1: Chris Bryant. There didn't you go. Chris the USD project. uh huh? USD University of San Diego project. 2016. Yeah, that's
0: uh that's a really good guess. Mm-hmm. Let's all right, Kyle, I, back um, to you. I am now struggling to think of names at all right now. Um, man, this is really tough. <laughs> I
3: don't
0: even know, man. I'm I'm getting low on the list of names. Tristan, I think, think about Kaiser.
1: uh, think about playoff contending teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: That's what that were in the playoffs.
1: Too. Uh, gosh.
0: Man, this is tough. I'm like trying to think all the way back to like the Giants and stuff. Like I can't even remember those seasons.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Man, you, you might have to call it with me. I knew I was going to be bad at this because it's so hard for me to remember. Oh, wasn't that uh, Yelich in MVP one year?
1: There you go. Christian Yelich, 2018. Ooh. Nice. That's it. There you go. I, I was about to give up too. Huh? Okay, back uh, to you, I, Christian. I got to think of more.
2: Gosh. <laughs> I think the only thing that's helping me is thinking about video game covers. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm like most of those guys are probably an
1: MVP. Uh Yeah, so for that sake, I'm gonna say Bryce Harper. There you go. He's the two-time MVP. There you go. Uh, Won it last year. Won it also in 2015. Okay, Bryce Harper. There you go. All right. How many more we got? One, two, three, four, five, six. After this, I don't really know who else. Yeah, I, I, I
0: think you might have to call with me. Like I, I was barely lucky to think of Yelich right there, so that that might be it for me.
1: You guys want a hint? Sure. Okay, Yelich is a rival during that 2018 MVP race. Is a rival. Like, I don't before... know. Why
0: I want to say it or not. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> um.
2: Was he was it on a like a National League team like pretty close Mm -hmm. to us? Like Yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to go through
0: just teams in that division.
2: Is he still with his current team now? now? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's gonna kill me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call it. Okay? We got a white flag from Kyle? Yeah. Christian, we get a white flag from you yet? I'm brain dead.
2: Hold on, hold on. Give me, okay. give me a few seconds. All right. I just don't know if he ever won it. I don't remember if he won it or if he was just like a finalist for it.
1: Um.
3: Just say it, just say it. All right, all right. <laughs> what
1: about uh Cody Bellinger? There you go, 2019 uh, yeah. MVP. Okay. That's
0: yeah. a good one. Yeah, I've okay. never, like, that's there you just go. Aim, you...
1: One mm-hmm. season wonder, to be honest. Yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. wasn't
2: sure if Cody ended up winning it or not. I forgot. Yeah. I,
1: remember, we really had the guess. whole Belly versus jelly, uh MLB commercial. Uh, where they played. Uh, um, I can't. Remember. It was like pig, basically. Oh, they called it MVP, basically. All right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, down to five. <laughs> Oh,
0: Christian,
1: you're God. the man for the job, you already won, so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I really
2: don't know after this. You um, uh, need an heck? AL 2020 and AL
1: 2015 in the National League 2012,
2: 13,
1: and 14. Man. Oh, God. I think I have um, another name, actually. I'll trying to get uh, back in this. Uh, Posey? There you go. 2012 MVP. Uh, nice. Kyle, when you said the Giants, I was ready to tell you were on the right track. I, know, I was like, hey, it wasn't Brandon <laughs> <Robert>
0: Crawford or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, now I'm definitely
1: out of the news. Down to four. Alright, back on you, Christian. Did we already say uh Freddie Freeman? Yes, we did. Okay.
2: Um... Gosh. Who else who else could have been one? I mean Aaron Judge hasn't won one before, had he?
3: Nope. That was
2: this would be his first year if he won it yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Um Gosh. I, no, I I think you're gonna I think I'm gonna have to wave <clears> the <throat> red flag. I don't, All know. Right.
1: I don't know. All right, national League two thousand thirteen. Andrew McCutcheon. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have have guessed Uh that. National League 2014. Someone who we talked about earlier in our show, Clayton Kershaw. Oh, See, it's just like, I wouldn't have guessed a pitcher of an MVP, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All
3: right.
1: Um, 2015 American League MVP. From the Toronto Blue Jays, Oh. Josh Donaldson. Mm. All right. And the okay. 2020 American League MVP from the Chicago White Sox, ah. Jose Abreu. Yeah, see,
0: I, Christian, we did well. Like, all those names.
1: We're, we're not going to guess those names. <laughs> 16 so. out of 20. 80%. I think we did pretty good, though. I, yes. I am pretty very good. happy with Um-hmm. our <laughs> That's solid. I'll take. Hadn't given you a second hit, I would have said Cody's teammate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Loki wanted to say not a Dodgers player. Like I was, I was thinking pitchers. I'm like, man, I don't remember when an MVP went
1: to
3: a mm-hmm.
0: So I was like, you yeah, know, I'll take that all day.
3: Mm-hmm. But right, so
1: those are previous MVP winners. You think about all the great seasons that they had that'll lead up. Uh, think about next week, Thursday, announcing the MVPs. Uh, we think about Clayton Kershaw's MVP year in 2014. He went 21 and three yeah. with a 1.77 ERA uh, and 198 innings pitched with 239 Ks. Yeah, he's just elite. This is still different. Crazy. Hmm. Uh, let's see, the year Jose Altuve won the award. Well, let's see, back-to-back years, Altuve and Betts, they both hit 346.
3: Wow. Wow. That's mm-hmm. like so. So there
0: you go. A little history mm-hmm.
3: lesson for all of us here.
1: Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> During the uh, COVID campaign of 2020, when uh 60-game schedule, Freddie Freeman, um, 341, Slugged 640. Jose Abreu, on the other hand, hit 317 with 19 home runs and 60 RVIs. Yeah, he was good. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
3: There you go.
0: Yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk some MVPs next week and all the awards yes. that we went over today. It's mm-hmm. It'll be a good one. I know there's a lot to go over, but yeah, that will do it for this week. Uh, thank you, Christian, for joining us. As always, appreciate your insight, your time um all your knowledge that you provide to us always some fantastic takes and always so thoughtful with your responses uh any last words from you
2: i don't i don't know about the knowledge part i just i i like <laughs> i like coming and being able to talk sports but uh, no always always great vibes great energy from you too um grateful for the moments that we have being able to do this so absolutely um, I, I appreciate the call up a lot
0: absolutely anytime follow him on twitter once again at alvarez the viper always put us some good content there i know you're going to be talking a lot of ufc this weekend and i'll be watching it it's going to be a lot of fun it'll be a really good event i'm looking it forward should to be. it and fingers, fingers that crossed said. yeah absolutely <laughs> all right that'll do it for this week's show once again this is part two of episode 74 I'm Kyle Betts, joined by Brevin Honda. We'll see you back next week where we have yet another special guest. We're going to talk a lot more of the World Cup. We're going to preview that. We're going to do a lot more with MLB postseason awards, as I mentioned before. So we will see you next week.